Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to the Kind Parenting Company podcast. I'm Jackie Ward. And I'm Kylie Camps. Join us as we explore topics and share evidence-based information, all while honoring our commitment to kind parenting practices. This is a safe space for conversation and reflections on parenting and motherhood, designed to best support you in raising your little loves and to be the parent you want to be. We are so excited that you're here. Let's jump into today's episode. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the podcast where we are talking all about emotion coaching with my very special guest, Emily Hanlon. Emily is a clinical psychologist who works in private practice here in Sydney, Australia. Some of you will no doubt know her as the playful psychologist from Instagram. Emily has a particular interest in autism spectrum disorder and developmental delay. She works predominantly with children and adolescents, but also adults who have a variety of presentations, including autism spectrum, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, mood-related disorders, anxiety, poor social skills, and other behavioural concerns. In addition to her therapeutic work, Emily creates resources which are aimed at helping children with their social and emotional development, and they are available through her business, The Playful Psychologist. What I love is that Emily draws on her personal experiences of having a brother on the autism spectrum and uses this first-hand experience to facilitate her own therapeutic practice. So she is well-equipped to be having this conversation with us today. Welcome, Emily. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have a bit of a chat today. Yeah, it's so nice to be doing this. Now, you and I do chat regularly over on Instagram and otherwise, but it's nice to be doing this for the podcast. So I've just given a little introduction about your work, but perhaps you can tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do. Cool. So thank you for the very flattering introduction. (laughs) So um, like you said, I'm a clinical psychologist who um, works primarily in the space of developmental disabilities. And I do primarily work with children and adolescents. But I do, I guess, like one of the awesome things about the NDIS is that a lot of adults with disabilities can now access um, therapies that they may not have been able to afford before. So I do see quite a few um, adults with developmental uh, diagnoses as well Um, and then on top of that I do run the playful psychologist which is I just want that to be I guess a space for people to learn more about how to best support children with their social and emotional development like whether you're a therapist yourself um, whether you're a parent whether you're a teacher I kind of want my resources to be able to be used by everyone that has anything to do with kids. Mm, Yeah, and I've actually, I know the website well and your resources, I've used a lot of them in my own work, but I love that they are applicable um, for teachers or those working in education Mm. too. So yeah, that's a, I love that. Um, So Emily, we've been chatting about the fact that there is a lot going on at the moment. Naturally, we are 
um, or if you're listening to this in the future, we are currently in the coronavirus pandemic. Many areas of Australia and, and globally are still in lockdown. So I wanted to chat to you today about how those challenges that can present through a, through a situation like what we're in now, how can they manifest, I suppose, in challenges for little ones mm. and in particular emotion challenges? Yeah, I think this is something that like I'm personally seeing a lot uh, in my private practice work at the moment. Um, And I think that the pandemic has really brought to light a lot of underlying emotions that children may be, you know, may have. I think that emotional regulation difficulties are really massive at the moment. But I think that we're making the assumption um, we're we're kind of as adults assuming what the cause of those um, difficulties are rather than working really hard to get to what the actual root cause may be because two children could, you know, display the exact same behaviour but have completely different reasons for doing so. One could be really missing his friends from school and that may come out as like behavioural outbursts and another may be really anxious about catching the virus and that may be, um, you know, the reason for the behavioural outburst. So I think while... um, you know, while we're seeing a lot of behavioural difficulties at the moment, we can't just assume that we know what the root cause of those are. We really need to delve deeper to really figure out what is going on for these little ones. Mm, That makes so much sense. And I guess more broadly, um, parents or educators, anyone working with young children will, will definitely relate and know that these emotional challenges or struggles with emotional regulation uh, a widespread anyway for children yeah. of this age, right? Yeah. I think as well, like I, I've come to realise a lot that as a society, I think we assume that children are born with this like intrinsic ability to regulate their emotions. And that is just so not the case. Like, yes, will there be some amazing kids that, you know, can do that? Yeah. But do most kids know how to automatically regulate their emotions? No, they don't. So Mm. especially now more than ever, we really need to be um, mindful of what's going on for these kids and mindful that they do need a lot of extra support to work through these huge feelings in such a confusing time. I mean, it's confusing for me as a, you know, healthcare professional (laughs) and an adult, like, so I can only imagine how confusing it is for them. Yeah, definitely. I know tons of adults and myself included that uh, sort of it's a time when we're all sort of thinking, wow, like we have to be monitoring and supporting ourselves through all Mm. of this confusion. And we have, you know, 30, 40 years of experience doing that. So for little ones, you can, when you break it down like that, you can understand why it is so challenging. So maybe let's take a little step back. Um, For those who aren't familiar with the term emotional regulation, what we're talking about, could you explain what we're talking about when we talk about emotional regulation and in particular difficulty with that? Sure. So emotional regulation, like in summary, I guess, refers to how we deal with big feelings such as anger, overexcitement, frustration, anxiety, low mood, sadness, and so on. So like I said, regulation skills can absolutely be taught to kids. A lot of people do need extra help um, from a professional like a psychologist or a counsellor, and some people can regulate their emotions pretty effectively without any additional support. But if a child is struggling, they may be really 
really quick to um, explode, find it really hard to settle down, may seem to have more difficulties managing tasks throughout the day or staying on task um, than, say, you know, their sibling or, or a peer that's the same age. But on the other hand, they also may be really quiet and withdrawn. And that's really important because I think those kids um, may be having real difficulties with emotional regulation, but they fly under our radar because they don't cause a scene. So it can really look different for everyone. Yes, yes. I love that you've mentioned that because I think so typically when we think about struggles with emotional regulation or, you know, emotional um, dysregulation, we go straight to that place of the children that are, you know, um, having the the outbursts or yeah. crying or tan- what looks like a tantrum. Mm. Um, but, you know, as you say, there's this other group as well that we definitely need to be mindful of because their need for support is is equal, would you say? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely equal. And they're just displaying a different kind of type of behavior. And just because they're quiet, that's not a good thing. You know, if they're withdrawing completely, we don't want that to be their coping mechanism throughout, you know, their teenage years. We don't want them to withdraw. We want them to be able to express their feelings and then as a result of that, regulate those feelings. Yes, exactly. Okay, so speaking of that then, for parents that perhaps are recognising this in their little ones in either form of those, um, what what the behaviour might be looking like, what are some suggestions you could share with us in terms of how we can best support them emotionally? Yeah, I think this is such a great question and my biggest thing is when it comes to kids, you definitely never have to agree with the behavior that they're displaying. You don't have to like it. You can absolutely hate the behavior, but you really have to empathize with the emotion and help them work through that feeling because behavior is essentially all driven by emotion. And sometimes I feel like we need to go back to basics because often emotional regulation strategies at schools, therapists or parents try to implement fail, not because they're not good strategies, but because because the core of the issue just hasn't been properly identified and nurtured yet. And that core issue is the emotion, because like I said, emotions drive all of our behavior. And when we don't help a child with the basics, such as emotional awareness and understanding, the focus of our work with them is just totally kind of off, I guess. And we end up focusing on the wrong thing and we can't really then help the child appropriately resolve the situation. So um, instead of helping a child work through the emotions, we're we're almost putting like a plug in them, meaning that their cup will eventually overflow again and that just creates a bit of a never-ending cycle. So if we don't help children first understand their emotions and how um, how they're feeling and identifying those feelings, how are they kind of supposed to learn to regulate them? And that's a step that I feel like is often miss and it's so important because if you try and implement strategies without getting to the core of the emotion I always describe it as like building a house but rushing the foundation in the short term you might have some success but it's never going to last yes I think this is such a good conversation to have because so often I speak to parents and they say to me I did the things, I I used the scripts, I followed the steps, but but it's not helping or it doesn't appear to be helping at all. Mm. And I think this is, I think what you've identified is actually a big piece of why perhaps, um, you know, really well-intentioned and well-thought-out strategies sometimes aren't as effective because we've missed this preliminary step. And I think if we're looking to set our kids up for long-term emotional wellness and teach the strategies that are going to carry into adulthood and, Mm. you know, 
throughout their life. I think this is so important. So how mm. how would we go about that first step? Is is this what is referred to when we talk about emotion coaching? Yeah, I guess so. It definitely is. And um, I think when if we're looking at what parents can do, go back to basics. And I think when it comes to helping kids regulate their emotions, those steps aren't necessarily going to be linear. You might do a lot of stuff with like emotional awareness and emotional understanding and think, great, we can move forward here only to get a few steps forward and go, oh, hold on, we need to go back. And that's okay. A lot of things in, you know, child development aren't necessarily linear. Um, kids, you know, will get reach a milestone, regress a little bit and reach it again. That happens. And it's it's the exact same when we're looking at social and emotional milestones. Um, when it comes to emotion coaching, that is definitely something parents can do at home and I strongly encourage. So um, for those that don't know, emotion coaching is a communication strategy which essentially supports children and you know young people, teenagers, to self-regulate and manage their stress response. So it was developed by this amazing psychologist called um, John Gottman and it's absolutely something that parents can do at home. There's a book actually called Raising an Emotionally Intelligent Child it's one of those books that I've read like five times like once Mm. since I became a mum myself and it's one of those books that every time I read it I feel like I learned something new from it and even as a parent especially even though I'd read it so many times when I read it as a parent I was like wow this is fascinating and I you know kind of had this whole different perspective on you know what I could do to best support the emotions of my child. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Oh, so good. That's such a good resource. So I'll make yeah. a note of that. Any um, any suggestions that Emily makes like that through our chat, just be, just know that I will list those in the show notes as well. So I'll mm. be sure to include that one. Mm, so amazing um, resource to suggest there. As you mentioned, this is something parents can be doing at home. How would they go about, um, you know, you talked about going back to basics. Where where should you begin with young children? So when we go back to basics, I always say let's start literally right at the beginning. How do we know that our children genuinely understand emotions? Do they have that emotional awareness? So when I talk about emotional awareness, I mean, does a child have an ability to identify the emotions that they're experiencing at any given time? Um, Because in order to manage them, you first need to be able to identify them and be really sure of you know, what you're feeling or what the child is feeling. And then from there, kind of building on that emotional understanding. So the a child's ability to understand the causes and triggers of an emotion um, or the way in which a child identifies, predicts or explains emotions in themselves or other people. And and that's kind of where we start to see the beginning of that development of theory of mind and empathy as well, I guess. Mm. Um, Because when you're looking at emotional understanding, we're kind of delving into what's causing the emotion, why we're feeling that way or what we may have done to trigger that emotion in someone else. Um, So, yeah, it's kind of going back to that sort of stuff. And even then, as another little stepping stone is that emotional expression. So 
the ability to, you know, convey that emotional experience both through verbal and nonverbal behavior to a trusted adult. And it's not until all those three steps are kind of in sync and we can, we've mastered that sort of stuff that we would even consider trying to implement emotional regulation strategies because it's just a band-aid at that Mm. point it's just not going to be overly effective like I said you might have short-term success but there'll be huge regression if we don't build that foundation properly amazing okay that makes a lot of sense Mm. so when parents are looking to do um, or looking to implement these ideas at home I know you have an amazing set of cards that I love to use Mm. Um, so could you talk us through maybe some practical I don't know like games or um, yeah some ways that parents could be doing this in a playful way with their children yeah so there's so many things that parents can be doing at home and some of them are super super basic like you don't need too many resources I always say like I think it's a good idea to invest in a couple of little things so like you mentioned I do have some emotion um, ABC emotion cards with basically every letter of the alphabet has a corresponding emotion um, or you could make an emotion um, poster something like that is going to be really really awesome because kids are very um, are more able to understand those emotions from a receptive standpoint first before they are able to express it appropriately um any child really is is going to be better in that sense so sometimes it's really good to have some visuals on hand then what you can do is look at maybe when you're reading your favorite book matching one of the cards to the feelings or asking your child to um talk about why a character felt that way or um you know what triggered that emotion in the character or did they make a cool choice or what choice could they make if they could think about it and have a redo um same going with when they watch their favorite um, show, just pause it every 10 minutes and maybe have a bit of a reflection. So it doesn't need to be this like extravagant experience. It can be these um, really simple experiences that you work into your everyday um, routine, or it can even be as simple as when you're experiencing emotions, label them, let the child know, wow, I'm feeling really frustrated that you guys haven't picked up your toys, or I'm so, I'm feeling so proud of us that we finished our online learning early today. Just little things like that. Um, As we know children are sponges and they pick up a lot of the stuff that we do so we we model that appropriately to them it's going to be a lot easier for them to pick that up in the future Yes, and you know that actually just made me think of a recent example, um, and I guess this this demonstrates the point you made that I think sometimes as adults we assume children um, come pre-programmed with the ability mm. to understand different emotions. But what happened recently was um, I had some really good news, and I started to cry happy tears, mm. and my boys hadn't seen me cry out of happiness before, and so there was the looks on their faces when they were looking at me. You could. <laughs> literally see the confusion because they thought well (laughs) mum's happy but she's crying like and I actually had to explicitly explain to them yes I am happy and sometimes when people are happy they they cry tears and it doesn't mean that they're sad in any way that's just a a different expression of happiness so you know that was a real moment for me where I was like oh this needs to actually be talked out and explained to them so Yeah, yeah absolutely and so often like I work with a little um girl at the moment who when I first started working with her, it was very much like, I don't get worried. I don't get sad. I don't get angry. Like there was no, no, no to kind of everything. She was very kind of closed in and shut down. I did not, nothing changed other than I said to mum, can you start labeling emotions at home? Start picking them up and 
in yourself and start saying to her, wow, it seems like you're getting very frustrated. It seems like you're really proud. You are being really brave. Just that sort of stuff, just labeling emotions. And the turnaround within two weeks has been incredible. Like she's just started like little things like she'll, um, like we made like an emotion chatterbox and she was happy to answer the questions and was able to give me something that made her angry, sad, worried, whereas two weeks ago she couldn't do that. And mm. nothing changed other than asking mum to label emotions more prominently at home. That's so interesting, yeah, isn't it? Very. It makes me think I wonder there's obviously that piece where it's about recognition of mm. an understanding, but then it makes me think too um, whether there's an element of it that when we as parents or caregivers model the whole spectrum of emotions, yeah. whether there's an acceptability about that as well because sure. I think children from a young age, I mean, the social, the way we're socialised for many people is to think um, that anger, sadness, um, disappointment, those feelings need to be squashed or move through mm. pretty quickly. There's an element of them not being as acceptable as more positive emotions. Yeah. So when we are able as parents to demonstrate them, talk about them, model them, it sort of gives children, I suppose, um, the idea that that it's okay, to, that we all have these emotions and that it's completely acceptable and, in fact, natural. Yeah, I think that's a really important point because what I always say to kids is a lot of kids say like, oh, you can't get angry or it's naughty to be angry, and it's not. Mm. Kids, are, kids, adults, anyone, it is absolutely fine that you experience those feelings. You could experience 50 big feelings a day. It's what we do with those feelings and it's how we mm. work through those feelings. So if you're angry or you're sad or you're frustrated, it's okay that your child sees that but we need to then either model how we should go about it or if you know in the spur of the moment which I can already see in my short 15 months of being a parent is not always possible <laughs> to keep you cool um, you just you just come back and you like you can say like wow mummy didn't handle that very well or that mummy was feeling really really angry there and I'm really sorry that I raised my voice like what could I do better next time because actually again I work with a little boy recently who's down Dad. they've got four kids at home the parents are both trying to work and homeschool all these kids it's just a full wow. nightmare for them I know and um the dad got really really upset and um like got upset and like accidentally broke a toy like mm-hmm. placed a toy down too hard it shattered the kids oh it was lego he like placed the lego thing down too hard and it just shattered and the boy was obviously devastated and later on the the boy was saying to um, me like I was just really upset in that moment because dad there was no consequences for dad like why why is there consequences for me and if I was to break something of dad's I'd be in so much trouble but there was no consequences for dad so I said to him you know what that's an excellent point You've raised a really good point there. We fed that back to mum and dad and mum and dad together with this little one were able to kind of come up with what would be an appropriate um, fixture. And I guess it all comes down to like ruptures are going to happen, but it's all about how we repair those ruptures in a positive way to show kids that even if we make a mistake, we can bounce back from that. Yes. Oh, my goodness. I'm picking up so many things here. I feel like we could go on a hundred tangents at the moment, Emily, but I just want to recap. I love what you said about the fact that all feelings are okay. It just matters what we do with them. I love that. And then the second point that you spoke about that ruptures are going to happen, but they're opportunities for repair. Yeah, exactly. So valuable. Okay. Amazing. Now, just before we wrap up, um, you are the absolute queen of resources. (laughs) I want to come to your house or your clinic and just like sit and play. You are forever 
ever inspiring me to buy new books and, and new <laughs> things. Could you perhaps share, I know books are really accessible and a really nice way, I think, for parents to connect and um, perhaps start to dip into this type of um, work with emotions with their little ones. Mm. Could you maybe suggest a few um, books or resources that parents can pick up if they're interested? Yeah, definitely. So um, in regards to, I'll start with like books for, I guess, parents or adults. Um, There's Raising an Emotionally Intelligent Child by John Gottman. That's the one I mentioned earlier. That would be my number one pick. If you can only ever buy one parenting book, that's the one. Mm. Um, The second one that I would highly recommend is The Whole Brain Child by Daniel Siegel. Um, That's an incredible book. Yes, as one well. of my favourites. Yeah, yeah, and it comes with like a workbook as well and it's yeah, it's just an awesome book um, and it will just really open your, I guess, your mind to like understanding how like children work, children's minds work and how we can best support them um, and that sort of thing. Um, and then two other books that I like, one is by Dan Siegel as well as The Yes Brain. Um, I, I do really, really like that one. It, it follows a similar tangent but kind of just goes into like how we can best um, respond to our kids and encourage them to respond in a way that we consider to be a little bit more appropriate. And then finally, now this one here is incredible. It's called Freeing Your Child from Negative Thinking by Tamar Chansky. She actually has a few books. There's like Freeing Your Child from Anxiety, Freeing Your Child from OCD. But the negative thinking one is really, really awesome because I just feel like it really focuses on that growth mindset and anything in there is applicable to like all kids. Now it's written, um, you know, to the parent, but I find that I love it as a clinician as well, because the way it's worded is just, it just makes so much sense. And I just feel like a lot of things just click. Um, and it does have a lot of scripts in there, examples of like activities or things you can do with kids, as well as being a wealth of information. So that is definitely book, um, a book I would recommend for sure. Oh, incredible. That's a new one for me. So I will be adding that to cart today. Thank you. (laughs) It's an awesome one. Okay. Um, And then in regards to like a couple of courses that I would recommend, like if you are looking at like wanting to do a little bit of online study Mm. or anything like that, or just, you know, further your understanding, the Gottman Institute has a lot of online courses for both parents and professionals. Um, I love their stuff. It's, there's one course, I think it's uh, $99 and it's, it just goes through like a lot of that emotion coaching type of background, which I think is um, epic if you are wanting to look more into that. And then um, I've got an online course as well, which I guess talks about um, a lot about emotion coaching and how to help kids explore emotion. So it gives you all that information, but also gives you practical um, activities that you can do within the home with very basic um, resources. I always say like when I when I do this workshop, this is the second time I'll be running it, but I always say I feel like, you know, the, um, the dad from my big fat Greek wedding. Yeah. Was like, give me one word, any word, and I'll show I'm always like, I'm like, give me a piece of paper, give me any household material, and I can turn it into an emotion activity. I have no doubt that you could, and one day I'm going to challenge you on that. Do it, I dare you, it'll be good. Um, so good. Yeah, so like that kind of stuff is um, something that, like that, that workshop really focuses on that side of things as well. So I really want people that attend to go away with like a full-blown understanding of emotions, but also practical hands-on things that they can then do um with kids brilliant Um, and I've got one more resource which I think is epic this is a picture book so this is perfect and it is created by a company um called my big moment to a a family-based company in New Zealand and they personalize the books with your child's name 
and oh. they have one that's called that's not the plan and it's all about resilience and and what to do when things don't go to plan and how to problem solve and that sort of thing and it is just an absolutely beautiful book I love it and I just love as well that you can add your own child's name yeah um, I just think that's incredible so magic. Okay, mm. amazing. That is a fantastic list. I'll be sure to include all the details <laughs> and relevant links in the show notes so you can pop over and check them out there. Awesome. Now, speaking of that, Emily, could you maybe share where people can find you, maybe your website and your social links? Yeah, so I have um, probably Instagram is where I'm most active. So that is just at the playful psychologist. And then I have a website as well, where I have a lot of free resources on my blog. Um, I do have an online store, online courses and workshops, um, mix of physical products and digital products. So it's kind of accessible wherever you are. And that is just the playfulpsychologist.com. Amazing. And that is a great little online playground for parents who are interested in this type of type of thing. Mm. Emily, you are so wise. Thank you so much for all that you've shared today and for being here. Um, Really appreciated the chat. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Be sure to hit subscribe and also to head over to thekindparentingcompany.com to check out our resources. We hope to see you in the forum soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> <laughs> 